It's Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program. You're invited. As always, you can dial in here at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, you've got Ian. Nobody. And Chris. All right. You can bring up anything you want. That's the point of the show. Uh, We're going to get into more from the latest school shooting, the one that happened in Uvalde, Texas, a few days ago. Uh, The update that I wanted to to really cover here is the unsurprising news, at least to those of us who have been paying attention to the various different school shootings that have happened over the years, the unsurprising news that the police sat outside of this school for upwards of an hour, and then apparently, when they went into the school, sat outside of the room in question in which the shooter had been shooting at, I don't know, close to two dozen children. children. Uh, they sat outside that room in the hallway for more than 45 minutes. Of course, yeah. Ian, they were protecting the shooter. If you know, they, protect and serve. It's their motto. If they'd had a harmless pot dealer in there to oh, murder, yeah. they would have gotten that door open. They have no problem getting the door open for a no-knock raid. Yep. But when there's somebody killing children, well, <laughs> you gotta you got to take your time. I mean, you don't they, want to hurt. They him. did. I mean, in in the in the police officer's defense, they did tackle the parents. You know, yes, they, yeah, they were trying to. Yeah, you know, they found the courage to attack the parents. Right, the parents who desperately wanted to get in and help their own children were prohibited from doing so due to I don't even know what the excuse is. Oh, we have to keep you safe from yeah. taking a risk and saving your kids. Right, which. I mean, isn't that what people do? People take risks to save their children. That's all what the a good time. parent would do. Yeah, I mean, that's what um, I think a lot of parents would probably do. But the police said no, and I, mm. I don't know if they charged these parents criminally after they uh, tackled them. They didn't them. charge them criminally, but I know one was tased. Wow. Um, one was I saw one being tackled to the ground and and held down by. You know, a dozen cops. There's a dozen cops to attack a parent Mm -hmm. and nobody to go after the shooter. (laughs) Well, somebody's got to protect and serve the monsters. It seems like it's just their standard operating procedure. That's what I'm saying. It's like a lot of people are shocked by this. There's been a they lot of did outrage. the same thing at, uh, at uh, what was the Parkland, one? Parkland, Florida. Yeah. yeah, Parkland, Broward's Cowards. I'm pretty sure they did the same thing all the way back to Columbine. I mean, this this yeah. quote unquote officer safety is what they're all about. Oh, we can't just send one guy. Well, you got to wait for backup, Joe. You know, that, there's just mm-hmm. so much about well, it's safety of safety. themselves. Yes. You know, they got to yeah. protect themselves from. You know, people who aren't right. even it's shooting not the at safety them. of the and children. There was, there was a time when you were expected to have some courage As a if cop? you were going to be a cop. Yeah. When you were expected the to take lives or to take risks to help others. Yeah, well, that's the Back thing. Back in the day, that's what they did. That mythology persists today. If you look and, on social but media, there was a time when it wasn't when it wasn't mythology right. in the way that it is that it is. That's now. probably before our lifetimes. Yeah. I mean, that's maybe um, when they had you know I don't know gangs. You know the 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 cops were working for the gangs. You know yeah. that's when you know maybe there was you know they're some, working for gangs now. Yeah. They're I mean, it's just a different gang. Gangs You're right. in suits. Yeah. Uh, According to ZeroHedge.com, the gunman who massacred 19 children and two teachers 
lingered apparently outside. Did you guys hear this one? That he was yeah. outside the building for 12 minutes firing Shooting. shots at people in a funeral home across the street. What I want to know is how they didn't lock the doors. Like, you know, like you oh, heard somebody school? shooting? Yeah, like the administrators or, you know, somebody would have gone and locked the doors uh, it, to keep them out. I mean, I hate to sound like a conspiracy theorist, uh, but it's almost like they wanted this to happen. To happen. Like every common hmm. sense thing. Like there's a guy outside with a rifle taking shots at people and we're in a school. What should we do? I don't know. Lock the doors. Maybe we could yeah. lock the door. Mm-hmm. You know? But no. How is it? There have been a lot of people who have said, you know, to your point about the potential conspiracy, why were there so many federal agents around? Because apparently federal agents were involved on this scene huh. it, like almost immediately. Not just the Border Patrol, but, but maybe some other federal agents you know, giving orders. Why, why uh-huh. were they around? This, I mean, this is a little town in uh, the middle of uh, southwest Texas. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe they, maybe they, uh, maybe they planned this thing. That's what with I'm saying. The guy, um, you know, and maybe, maybe it was an accident, though. Maybe it was like when they uh, planned the gov- the kidnapping of the governor of of Michigan. Mm-hmm. I mean, what if the other guys that they set it up with had said, "Nah, those guys are idiots. Let's do it ourselves a little earlier." Yeah, might have pulled it off. It 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 could have it could have turned into it turned into a real plot. Now now of course the the people that they organized in that particular thing didn't have the gumption and they weren't really looking to to kidnap the governor. But uh, I mean, we're in a small town here, right? Yeah. Uh, Keene, New Hampshire. Yeah. Uh, now I don't know what the population of uh, Uvalde is. I'm going to try to find out. But Keene has about twenty three thousand people. I mean, depending on whether the college is uh, is in session or not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as far as getting across the city, the, the downtown area, the police are not far away. If you're pretty much anywhere in the city, uh, even, if they had, enough. even if they had to come <laughs> from, yeah. uh, you know, from the police station, we know they're always driving around everywhere. But even if they had to come from that far away, it's probably not much more than 10 minutes to... You know, basically anywhere. It's five minutes across town from West Keene. I don't know what you're yeah, talking about. It's not even to, that. Right. I mean, if you got blue lights on your car, you can get anywhere in five two minutes, minutes for sure. <laughs> two minutes. Uh, 15,000 people in Uvalde, Texas. How long would it take for Keene police to respond to somebody just blasting away, standing on any given street in Keene for 12 minutes? This guy's outside yeah. of this elementary school shooting. I mean, it would be one thing if the news was he was just lurking. For 12 minutes. That's not mm-hmm. likely going to get somebody to call the yeah. police. But shooting? You know, their response is going to be, well, we had to prepare the tactical unit and the tactical guys were I don't Sure, know, that'll be their response. I'm yeah. sure it's going to be something like that. But this guy didn't have a tactical unit. This was one guy with a right. rifle. You yeah. know? One frigging so guy. Our- Two cops... Have them two to they one. They could have taken yeah, them down, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is definitely... This, this definitely, guy had zero training. The cops are mostly ex-military. Yeah, I mean, this True. is definitely a situation where it's absolutely ridiculous that these guys, these guys go through six, what, six months at least of training, and then they go through, you know, a, you know regular training, you know, as an officer, too. And, you know, the crazier thing is they were actually trained for this two weeks before th- this exact situation. Really? That yep. is another pattern that there seemed to be 
like they'll simulate things right before they happen, and it's happened over and over and yep. over again. Parkland had a uh, had an active shooter training scenario 9/11. right before the shooting. 9-11. 9-11, they were actually mm. doing training During. the day of. Right. And uh, that that's why I say 9-11 was definitely an inside job, because even if, or involved inside help, because even if uh, the hijackers weren't contracted by somebody in the government, somebody had to leak when that training was so mm-hmm. that they could... Co- coincide with it i mean there's no it, way that's gonna happen accidentally i don't see i don't know see i don't know like i don't feel like i have enough information to base like make any kind of judgments as to like whether 9-11 was real or not uh, i mean you know or it was like a setup or something like that by the government or some sort of conspiracy but it, you know there is some bit of truth to governments doing and the u.s coming from that matter setting or orchestrating this sort of thing up and it's often like for example i'm trying to think what war it is like this is like this is not like most of them conspiracy the main was fake sure gulf of tonkin incident was fake i I mean but they blow up you know the u.s has blown up its own ships in order to justify getting into wars uh, just as an example and this is like in government textbooks so it's not even like it's Mm. not even like this is like something that's like a conspiracy the government itself says like that they have you know, orchestrated effectively, you know, getting involved in, in wars by blowing theory. up their... It's not conspiracy when they're saying it themselves. Nobody's ever conspired in history. That's why there's never been a conviction for conspiracy in a U.S. court. The number is 603-283-6160. <laughs> you can bring up whatever is on your mind here. Of course, a conspiracy is just two or more people that are plotting something in secret, right? More coming up. It is Free Talk Live. You can join us. Bring up whatever's on your mind. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. By the way, I wanted to say say thanks to Robert Womack III, who is a Free Talk Live supporter of our AMPS program over at amps.freetalklive.com, A-M-P-S. .freetalklive.com. Robert is contributing at least five bucks a month. He's a silver level supporter. And you get some cool benefits for doing that over at amps.freetalklive.com. It helps us advertise, market, promote, and support Free Talk Live. Definitely appreciate it, Robert. Thanks for supporting the show. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Chris. So I was just looking over the AP News report. Like, this is as mainstream as, you know, it gets, right? AP News about what allegedly happened on the day of the school shooting in Texas recently. Mm. And just, it's just so unbelievable how these officers are behaving, even just according to the official numbers and the official story. So I'm just going to go through this. Yeah. And you guys are... Because the AP pretty much just reprints government press release. That's my point, yeah. So uh, so they say it was 1128 when Ramos is Ford, the, uh, that's the uh, apparent shooter, slammed into a ditch behind the low-slung Texas school, and the driver jumped out carrying an AR-15-style rifle. Five minutes after, authorities say, Ramos entered the school and found his way to the fourth-grade classroom where he killed the 21 victims. But it wasn't over until, or it wasn't until 12.58 p.m. So, 90 minutes later, that law enforcement radio chatter said Ramos had been killed and the siege was over. What happened in those 90 minutes has fueled mounting public anger, 
and scrutiny over law enforcement's response, or lack thereof, to Tuesday's rampage. Javier Cesares, whose fourth grade daughter Jacqueline was killed in the attack and who raced to the school as it unfolded, said, quote, they say they rushed in. We didn't see that. Unquote. According to the two, uh, new timeline provided by, I guess this is a spokesbureaucrat, Stephen McCraw, head of De- Texas Department of Safety. McCraw, who admits that it was the, quote, wrong decision, what he's going to, re- uh, what he's referring to as a wrong decision was waiting. I'll bet go. that sticks in McCraw. <laughs> <laughs> Contrary to statements by, uh, oh, sorry. So according to the new timeline, again, these are the government reports. And we saw earlier where somebody said he was outside for 12 minutes. The government gang is now saying that after crashing the truck, Ramos fired on people coming out of a nearby funeral home. And then contrary to statements by officials, school district police officer was not inside the school. Because that's what we'd originally heard was that he Mm -hmm. traded shots with a school officer prior to going into the classroom. They're saying that didn't happen. When that officer did respond, they say he unknowingly drove past Ramos, who was crouched behind a car parked outside and firing at the building, he said. At 11.33, Ramos, they say... So he couldn't recognize... I mean, he didn't hear a guy firing firing a rifle? It doesn't make sense. That's loud. I mean, you can't... You, you have to wear hearing protection yeah, you can't when you miss fire it. those right. things. And it's, it's a distinctive sound. Nothing sounds like that. Yeah. Ramos uh, entered the school, they say, through a rear door that had been propped open. Oh, so not just an unlocked door. They made it easy door. for him. Yeah, not just an unlocked door, because we were just speculating aloud, like, why wouldn't the school administrators or teachers or anybody who knows how to lock a door go up and lock the doors of the school when you hear gunshots coming from outside. As you say, nobody, these are incredibly loud. Hmm. You cannot miss it. Uh, But no, no, not only was the door not unlocked, it was propped open. Wow. Once again, suggesting that something may have been going on here that, you know, they don't want you to know about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was I was thinking earlier how most of these elementary schools, their office, you know, is right near the entrance so that they can monitor who's coming and going and mm-hmm. all other doors are locked. So, yeah, that's true. A lot of a lot of these are locked up like, you know, a prison. Yeah. And you have to literally go in and get a prison pass to walk yep. around. In elementary that. school, pretty much all government schools these days are locked. You know, they're locked down like 24 seven. Now, it's possible this school isn't uh, designed in the same way that, that you're used to. Maybe it's an older school. It could be. There, I, there's definitely it. campuses, like with high schools, that are spread out where they've got many buildings. This, and I that think, is might like be that. a little bit less likely where they're yeah. that locked down because they don't necessarily have an entrance near every entrance that would be important for them to have open, at least in between classes, for kids to get from one building to the next. Yeah, but, but elementary school, there is no in-between classes. You, yeah, you there don't might be go from class to class it's a, I, I think there's we know um, nobody they've changed it you know yeah since we i mean it's cool most mm. most of the time elementary schools are smaller in size and they're just one building i remember so. when when i was in school which you know I'm, you're not that much older than me but you got about a decade i think uh, mm-hmm. or so on me but uh when i was in elementary school they did take us to a special teacher to go to spanish class yeah i mean we had art yeah. class and we had uh, a music class um, so there was some traveling and, 
but you know it wasn't like uh like high school where you know every hour you sure. were going certainly, from one class i think certainly ultimately it comes down to is there's not likely to be multiple buildings in most elementary schools obviously there are some super small schools where it might be you have to enter each individual classroom from the outside well, uh, we but, don't need to speculate there's a map of the school i've seen uh, it there are multiple buildings in this, there are in multiple buildings in yeah. this school interesting so within 15 uh so they claim or the, the police spokesperson did not even address why that door was propped open right two minutes later three local police officers arrived and entered the building through the same door followed soon after by four others within 15 minutes as many as 19 officers from different agencies had assembled in the hallway taking sporadic fire from ramos who was holed up in a classroom so if you want if you believe the police report they had officers in the building two minutes after this young man entered the building that's what they're saying and it took him an hour to take him out that's what yep 19 Uh, cops Ramos was still inside at 12.10 p.m. when the first U.S. Marshal Service deputies arrived. They say they raced to the school from nearly 70 miles away at a border town of Del Rio in a tweet Friday. But the commander inside the building, school district's police chief, Pete Arendando, decided the group should wait to confront the gunman on the, the group of 19 cops. We don't have enough of a numerical advantage yet. We got to have at least 30 to 1. And what was his reason for this? He believed the scene was no longer an active attack. I mean, just why would you? That that doesn't even make sense. I mean, what if there was a kid in there who had been shot but wasn't dead yet? They need medical attention. It's just that's what I say. This official story is just bewildering. Yeah. Yeah. And and if this is how they put it out to the public, what yeah. do you think really happened? Because mm-hmm. they're, I mean, they lie about everything. Right. The commander inside the building, uh, the crisis, crisis came to an end at 1250 after officers, and then this part, after officers used keys from a janitor to open the classroom door, entered the room and shot and killed Ramos. 1250, we're talking about... Uh, again, they say he he entered at 11.33, so you're talking about almost an hour and 20 minutes after the shooter. I'll bet the janitor was having lunch. <laughs> they didn't want to disturb him, a union rule. Is this the one police department in the country that doesn't have a, you know, handheld battering ram like every other police department does to knock in, as you pointed out earlier, the doors of marijuana dealers and people like yeah. that? Yeah, if they'd had a pot, a pot dealer to murder in there, they would have gotten that door open quick. Maybe that's where it was. Maybe there was the SWAT team was on the other side of town doing a pot raid at the time, so they didn't have access to it. Could be. They uh, wouldn't want to disturb that. There's more coming up here at 603-283-6160. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farm, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com Free Talk Live, you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. If you want to weigh in on the uh, the police and just 
the terrible job that they did when it comes to doing anything at all in the Valde, Texas school, elementary school shooting. And even according to their own admissions, they waited around until they could get, I don't know, however many dozens of people they felt comfortable with before they actually went into the room that the shooter was in. Because uh, the supposed chief on scene decided that it wasn't an active shooter. So therefore, they could just sit there. And as you pointed out, nobody, there could be somebody bleeding to death in there. There probably was. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they just sat sat outside for at least 40-something minutes while they were in the school hallways. I mean, how is there not somebody in there bleeding to death if somebody was shot? I mean... (laughs) Yeah. I saw an interview with with a cop where the... uh, Amazingly enough... The the interviewer actually asked a good question, mm. and these days mostly the that. media is just mouthpieces for the for the state. But the but the guy said, "So we had the we, so we had the uh, the shooter trapped in this room," and the interviewer is like, "Wasn't he trapped in that room with children?" Yeah. <laughs> and the cop literally didn't answer he reiterated a bunch of stuff he'd he'd already said but he didn't say word about whether or not they barricaded a gunman into a room with children yeah i don't think they did the barricading supposedly the shooter had barricaded himself but apparently these officers couldn't be bothered to break a door down they waited until keys were fetched by a janitor and then unlocked the door before going wow. in there. I mean, it's like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. They have no problem breaking your door down. Uh-uh. Or smashing in windows, in the case, here in the uh-huh. Free Talk Live studio. Driving was, a was, tank through. That was overwhelming force. Yeah, it was. I mean, th- there's one thing I have to say about police. They, they do seem to uh, always want to use overwhelming, I mean... Maybe it's not as overwhelming as, you know, <laughs> what happened here in the studio, but they do like to use overwhelming force. And, you know, whenever whenever there's an interaction with a cop, they do like to call backup. So and then yeah. they end up with four or five, six cop cars in order to take down, you know, generally it's peaceful people. But we got to wait until we can get a nuke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's the insanity of it. It really is. Here's what some of the parents uh, had to say outside of the. Uh, again, lots of parents outside being held back. In many cases, uh, tackled. They weren't too afraid to go in. Uh-uh. They knew there was an active shooter. There was going actually on. a parent who did uh, manage to uh, get in the building. Oh, really? Um, yeah, and save his his kids. Wow, his two kids, I believe it was. Wow. Go in there. Go in there. Women shouted at the police soon after the attack began, according to ZeroHedge.com's report here in the Associated Press. Give me your gun. I'll go in. (laughs) According to neighbor Juan Carranza, who told the AP about the parents' efforts to get the police to do something, Carranza said officers did not go in. One parent, Javier Cesares, whose fourth grade daughter was killed in the attack, said he raced to the school when he heard about the shooting only to find police weren't moving in he said quote let's just rush in because the cops aren't doing anything like they're supposed to he said more could have been done there were five or six of us fathers hearing the gunshots and police officers were telling us to move back we didn't care about us we wanted to storm the building we were saying let's go because that's how worried we were and we wanted to get our babies out and you know just thinking of the tactical reality you've got five men there's there's one guy with a rifle. Yep. If all five of you rush him, if you have the balls 
to do that. Yeah, a couple of you are going to die, but that gunman is going to die too. No doubt. I Probably mean, whatever if you have any deaths. sense, you're going to take him out of the game if he's if he's doing but that. yet 19 cops hung out in the hallway for ha- more than half an hour just standing there yeah just talking you know you always have to wonder you know these these gunmen could potentially have killed way way more people in most of these instances i think i mean given the amount of time that i these suspect cops, he killed almost all of that classroom probably um but they he probably I mean, could have 19. killed a lot more people if he had really wanted to that's the scary thing yeah. like it's just a matter of time before a gunman realizes you know that the, the does another one of these shootings and realizes hey I don't have to just kill the people, you know, a couple of kids or a couple of people. I could go to every single room and start, you know, shooting up the school because, you know, the cops aren't going to be, you know, uh, taking you out for out maybe an hour. What was it? How long was it? 40 minutes, an hour? Yeah, at least that. Yeah. It was I 90 mean, minutes until the many, thing ended. How many rooms do you think you could get to by well, going now, through a school? Ostensibly, they were in the hallway. So had yeah. he left the room, then he would have presumably faced some sort of resistance unless they all just retreated the moment. They would have retreated. <laughs> you know they <laughs> would have retreated. Out. One clip shows officers tackling parents outside the school to prevent them from rushing in. However, the precise timeline of the videos compared to what was happening inside remains unclear. Although it now appears that several cops may have entered the school and saved their own children while at the same time oh, wow. holding parents back. Wow. Wow. Now, presumably that means they were saving the children from the other rooms of the schoolhouse, right? Because they didn't right. obviously go into yeah. the one room. Uh, after Ramos entered the school, he charged into one classroom and opened fire. According to the spokesperson for the Department of Public Safety, he, quote, barricaded himself by locking the door and just started shooting children and teachers. Okay, technically that's not barricading, that's locking. Barricading requires a barricade. Yeah, like some sort of furniture or something placed behind the door. A teacher's desk maybe or something like that. To prop it closed. But nope, he just locked the door. That's it. That's what kept these cops out. Fear and a simple locked school door. Wow. According to their bureaucrat, it took 40 minutes to an hour from when Ramos began opening fire to when the CPB agent, it was a customs agent, who actually went in and ended this thing. Maybe he hadn't heard that it was supposed to go on longer. Yeah. Hmm. If you want to weigh in, you want to comment, please, you're welcome to join us here at 603-283-6160. And I think, again, it's important to reiterate that this is not unusual. And there's a lot of people looking at this acting like this is, oh my God, how could our heroes, the thin blue line, they're supposed to protect us from the the terrorists and from the horrible murderers out there. How could our heroes have dropped the ball on this? And Ian, it's like, this happens it's, every it's, time. It's just one bad cop, Ian. Mm. You know, they're not, most of them are good people. But, but they keep transferring them from place to place. Yeah. He's always in the wrong They keep spot. showing up at the same schools. Yeah. Uh, all these school shootings. So, uh, and they even put it in the story here. In 1999, at the Columbine High, Columbine High School massacre, the, the one that really kind of kicked all this off, mm-hmm. uh, police waited outside and didn't enter until almost two hours after Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold started shooting and an hour after they committed suicide. Wait, so, they waited they were, an hour they after suicide? They had to suicide? wait for an hour after yep. they were dead. Yep. Wow, wow what were they saying? waiting for a message saying the shooter is dead so they could enter safely? Officer safety, Chris. That's what it always is about. They have to make sure they have enough equipment or enough men or they they, they pump themselves up enough or whatever it is. They got to have officer safety because what we wouldn't want to lose any I mean, of our heroes. What are these guys being paid for? That's a great question. To 
per, to protect the government from you. That's what it comes down but to. But they're so it? chicken that yeah, they well, can't even, even protect kids. How right. are they going to protect the government? Well, they can tackle some parents. They yeah. can, you know, they can. Uh, oh. if you show up at a school board meeting, oh. so, they'll list you as so a domestic terrorist. Basically, they're there to protect the government from peaceful people. Is what you're saying? Yes, exactly. You know, protesters, things like that. Right. Wow. Right. People milling around in the Capitol taking selfies. You know, that's that, that's the worst that event makes since 9-11, it yeah, said. That makes a lot more sense now. They say here at the Zero Hedge article that Columbine shocked the nation and marked a shift in tactical philosophy. Police officers are now expected to enter buildings with active shooters as rapidly as possible, regardless of their equipment or training. But when has that ever happened? Yeah, I, I haven't seen it happen at all. They didn't at Parkland. Nope. You know, they. I mean, uh, this guy had committed the, suicide. The, the uh, Nevada shooter, the uh, the Las the the Vegas hotel? shooter, in, yeah. in the hotel, yeah. they were outside his door yeah. for forty five minutes. Yeah. And this guy committed suicide, correct? Which oh, the, the guy in yeah. this case? Yeah. No, he was shot by the cops. Oh, he was shot by the cops. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the number here is six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. So same old story, I guess. As soon as possible, as rapidly as possible means ninety minutes later. Yeah, right. Crazy. Same old song and dance. There's more coming up here, and I think you pointed out something important, nobody. These are not protecting and serving you, but who is it? This is Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, you got Ian. Nobody. And Chris. We're talking about officer safety and how it is that uh, dozens of cops did absolutely nothing. Except they defended the gunman from the angry parents. Technically, they did, yeah, by tackling and apparently even tasing parents mm-hmm. who desperately wanted to get into the Texas elementary school in Uvalde, Texas, and save their kids. No, nope, parents who, unlike the cops, had the balls not even, not just to go in, but to go in unarmed. <laughs> right. Without a second thought. Yeah. Yeah, this kind of reminds me of the uh, joke. It's almost like they were men or something. Hmm. A joke about uh, how many how many uh, software developers does it take to change a light bulb? None. It's a hardware problem. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Except in this case, it's how many cops does it take to uh, you know save a kid? And in this case, well, none. It's going to be a parent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it would have been if they hadn't tackled those parents. Yeah. Uh, but that's what happened there, but it's not the only story, and that's the thing. There's so much outrage about this, and good, I'm glad people are finally, you know, some of them are finally yeah. seeing this, but uh, but how many of the people who are outraged, and a lot of them are on the right? I saw one of these commentators, Matt Walsh, I believe is his name, he's a, one of the right-wing Wait, they didn't come out and defend the cops? Oh, he's outraged. He thinks the cops are, you know, ter- terrible Ooh. for what they did, Wow. but I don't think that a lot of the right-wingers understand the problem. And the problem isn't that, oh, men aren't real men or anything like that anymore. The problem is bureaucrats have no responsibility to do anything. Mm. And as far as the police are concerned, 
it goes back for decades. This isn't some recent development. It's some, oh, it's because, you know, we're just babying children these days. And that's, that's not necessarily, I'm not saying that's a good thing or anything. I don't, I'm not a favor. Well, there's of, some truth to that too, but yeah, there is. I'm not <laughs> that's saying not what you're that, talking about. Right. I'm not saying that rounding off all the corners and not subjecting children to risk is, is a good thing. And that's certainly the, the direction society yeah. has been going. Well, they subjected these kids to risk. They sure did. Uh, yeah. yeah. If you want your kids to be safe, you shouldn't be sending them to government schools. Yeah. That's a fact. God, no. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, you know, when, when, when I think of uh, advocating to subjecting, subjecting kids to a little bit of risk, I don't think I, went, I meant that far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's, not, let's not end up with uh, dead kids. Right? Yeah. I'd, I'd re- I mean, let them play in the mud or something, <laughs> yeah. but don't let them go to a government school. But yeah. this goes back to, uh, it goes back for decades. There was the case in 1975. And and this is the big case. If you if you search the internet for no obligation to protect, you will come up with Warren versus I mean, District of that's, Columbia. That's been ruled repeatedly, though, if it I has. recall, over it the has. years. It's not like one case. But that's I'm just, just saying it goes, it. it goes way back. Yeah. It might not have even been the first case. Is this but the first president or precedent? I don't know. It's certainly the one that's cited the most often. So it may be, but it goes back to 1975. And certainly in 1975, you didn't have the rounded off corners and the overbabying of, of children like you, like you do today. Sure. Uh, you know, you had quote unquote men back then, right? Well, in 1975, two men broke down the back door. This is a summary from fee.org of this particular case. Two men broke down the back door of a three-story home in Washington, D.C., shared by three women and a child. On the second floor, one woman was sexually attacked. Her housemates on the third floor heard her screams and called police. The woman's first call to police uh, in D.C. got assigned a low priority. So the responding officers arrived at the house, got no answer on their knocks to the door, because, you know, the rapists who were there didn't want to go and answer the door when the police were knocking on it. How rude. They did a quick check around the property and left. When the women frantically called the police a second time, the dispatcher promised help would come. But this time, no officers were even dispatched. The attackers kidnapped, robbed, raped, and beat all three women over a period of 14 hours. When these women later sued the city and the police for negligently failing to protect them or even to answer their second call, the court held that government had no duty to respond to their call or to protect them case dismissed again why do we have taxes why am i why are they stealing money from me if they have no obligation to protect me or anybody else they're stealing it because you wouldn't pay willingly for a service that they have no intention of providing right because they that's why they have to steal it (sighs) because they literally have a gun to your head that's why you pay right yeah i mean hey if walmart could force you to buy products you don't want they'd do it they just, nobody gave that particular corporation a license to kill and a license to steal. Right. If any of these parents who got tackled when they were trying to save their own children from this madman, if they decide, well, I don't like how the Evalde Police Department handled this situation, and so I'm not going to pay property taxes <laughs> anymore, guess who's going to show up at their front door? Mm-hmm. And, they're, and they're not going to ask for the key first before they come in. Yeah, they're going to kick that right in. Yep. Nope, they're going to kidnap you, throw you in a cage. Yeah, if you don't leave. I mean, they'll threaten you first. They'll say, look, you don't own they'll this house anymore. They'll probably seize your bank yeah. account and, you know, funds in it. And, they'll they'll and, just seize the, seize and the, the house. house. Yeah, yeah, they'll yeah. seize the house and they'll, they'll send you a note saying, nope, you don't own this anymore. You but need to get out. if you owe more than that, you know, they might 
you know, and you refuse to pay, or if you have it in crypto and you refuse to pay, they might actually throw you an occasion mm-hmm. in order to get you to pay up because they can't yeah. force they, they it I, for property taxes. They can't do that. They just, uh, just take they just seize the property. Yeah. Well, well, well if a case, in for some, income taxes, for income taxes, yeah, they'll certainly lock you lock you in a case. I, I certainly if know that you the, don't pay for the services you don't want and you don't receive. That's right. I certainly know they'll do it for child support. You'll pay for it one way or another. Oh, they'll definitely do it for child support. Yeah. yeah. They're going to make you pay. How they mm-hmm. make you pay, they have some, you know, a variety of tools at their exposure, but they all are backed by the the violence of yep. the state. And that's ultimately what we're talking about. Point of a gun. Yeah. And if you depend on them for protection, you pay with your life or your children pay with their lives. So the the story here at Fee, which actually was recently published, this is pretty fresh, came out. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it wasn't recent. I thought it. Wow, this is an oldie. Uh, This is a 20-year-old story from Fee. They say the law is similar in most states. Again, we were talking about the Warren versus District of Columbia story where these people were raped and, you know, attacked by these killers and ultimately the police did nothing and then were found to have no obligation to protect. Well, so did also uh, states. A Kansas statute precludes citizens from suing the government or the police for negligently failing to enforce the law or for failing to provide police or even fire protection. A California law states that, quote, neither a public entity nor a public employee is liable for failure to establish a police department department or otherwise provide police protection service as one california appellate court wrote quote police officers have no affirmative statutory duty to do anything yeah unquote but they can steal as much of your money as they want Mm -hmm. so i mean this is this is and as you pointed out chris the warren um, case is not unusual it's been reaffirmed and reaffirmed and reaffirmed. This isn't some one-off oddball case from 1975. It keeps on coming back because, hey, guess what? There's a bunch of people out there that they thought the police were out there to protect and serve them. Yeah. You know, but Ian, I thought you could sue the government for, you know, some things at least. Barely you anything. Can sue, you'll Barely just anything. Lose. Gotcha. Yeah, most you can sue. They're going to throw the case out of court because of lack of standing in, in most 99.9%. Cases. Yeah. Uh, of the cases and you can't usually sue the individuals because they're protected by qualified immunity so when can you sue i don't know that's a great question it's explicit situations the government has said okay you can sue us under this very select circumstance so Mm -hmm. yeah and and there's a more legalistic answer to that question but i'm not qualified to give the the legalistic it's it's uh, whenever they grant an exception basically in the law yeah well well basically there was there was a time when you could sue the government for for violating your rights. That's right. And at some point they closed the door and mm-hmm. they said basically you can only sue the government for things they've already been sued for and lost. But if somebody right. comes up with a new way to violate your rights, if they do something horrible and creative right. to you, well, that's, that's okay. not covered. Yeah. That's right. Uh, they can do whatever they want to you so long as it isn't trite. State legislatures and courts protect government entities and police departments from civil liability for failing to provide adequate police protection. Some states invoke sovereign immunity defense, a throwback to the days when the subjects were forbidden to sue the king. And by the way, what do the police call you? Oh, Subject. Excellency. Subject. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. No, they don't call you Excellency. Uh, right. I'm sorry. Uh, the governor of New Hampshire He's is His Excellency. excellency. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and they literally, if you don't believe us, yeah. tune into any police scanner and listen to how they refer to people. They always call them subjects. 
Uh, another uh, point here. Other states have statutes that prevent legal challenges to police discretionary functions. Courts preclude lawsuits in those states by holding that answering emergency calls or providing for police protection are, quote unquote, discretionary, unquote, functions. Many states evade liability. But paying taxes is non-discretionary. Mm-hmm. By relying on the ironically named public duty doctrine, like a George Orwell slogan, that doctrine says police owe a duty to protect the public in general, but not to protect any particular individual. So only the non-human. The number is 603-283-6160. You can join us, share your thoughts. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today, video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. We're talking about the fact, and it is a proven fact, long-standing in the U.S. government gang's court system, that the police and other government agencies have no obligation to provide you with any of their so-called services. They certainly do not have to protect you in any way, shape, or form. But you have to pay for the services you don't receive. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and, and that includes the poor uh, folks down there in Texas who are mourning the loss of, I think, 19 is the number now, children, mm. elementary school children, that they were prohibited from going into that school building. They were tackled and tased for trying to go and simply rescue or attempt to rescue their kids. And they likely would have been successful, as you pointed out in the last hour, nobody, if a, if a handful of guys rushed this kid, this 18-year-old who was doing the shooting, it would have been over. Yeah. Uh, and again, I think it's important to point out that there were apparently police officers who rescued their own kids, yes. and there was at least apparently one parent who was able to rescue their kids by sneaking around the cops. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the cops, but who were, the cops were there diligently protecting the gunman from the parent, right? Waiting for uh, apparently approximately ninety minutes. About forty-five of those minutes, they were inside the school hallways, just waiting. And, of course, the Democrat solution is make sure those parents don't have guns I, so they know, can't shoot the cops I have to, and then go in and shoot the uh, shoot the gunman. I have to wonder how many of those parents who attempted to you know, save their kids are, you know, you know, they're they're blaming themselves now, you know, for for not having done more. Well, what more could they have done? I mean, I, mean, I don't know, but 
you well, know, if uh, they had cop had guns, they could have shot the cops and then shot the gunman. Now, I'm I'm always <laughs> a person who speaks against violence here on the show, but in that case, wouldn't they have been justified in that the police were effectively ensuring their children were yeah, being killed? They the, were using violence yeah, to stop the, the parents from going to save their own kid. Yes. Yeah, yeah the police <laughs> the police were on the wrong side of history. They were protecting the gunman from the parents. Let's go to Stephen. He's in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live. Stephen. Hey, y'all, um, thank you for letting me on. Sure. I want to just point something out. Y'all have um, failed to report one very key part of this story um, that I think needs to be addressed. Um, the two, two officers did go in. They did go in. And they got their kids, and they left. Yeah. Well, no, we did we mention, did mention at least one of those officers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you did mention it. Yeah. yeah. Did. So here's my question: If you go in and get your kid, why don't you get the entire class? Well, they didn't go into that room, I suspect, because otherwise they would have had a shootout on their hands. Yeah. So there was there was but, more than one classroom. Still, what I'm what I'm saying is they went into a classroom, got a child, they walked out. Why did they not evacuate that one child's entire class at that one time? That's, that's a very good question. That's, that, yeah, that is a good question. Yeah. Anything else you want to share, Steve? How is it that, how is it that the perimeter they made was not able to be breached except for by the officer's wife to pick up the officer's kid? Well, I mean, that's obvious. She's yeah. the officer's wife. So she's got the special blue flag or whatever. She's got the uh, the officer's she privilege. She took all those beatings for a reason. <laughs> oh, wow. So nobody is referencing uh, the fact that a large percentage of... Uh, Domestic violence. 40%. Yeah, 40% four of... Four times uh, more the, than the general uh, Spouses of police officers beat their wives. The police flag is well, black and blue, just like 40% of their wives. Mm. I mean, that makes sense. If you're going to beat up on civilians, you got to practice somewhere, right? Yeah. Thanks for the call, Stephen. The number here is 603-283-6160. We're sharing a story here from Foundation for Economic Education that summarizes what we've been saying for years, which is that the police have no obligation to protect you. And again, don't take our word for it. Do your own research. Search online for no obligation to protect, and you will find case after case. Yep. Uh, according to Fee, a Massachusetts, so it's not just at the U.S. level, it's also at the state level. Massachusetts statute spells out the rule the government has no legal duty, quote, to provide adequate police protection, prevent the commission of crimes, investigate, detect, or solve crimes, identify or apprehend criminals or suspects, arrest or detain suspects, or enforce any law. That's a quote. And you know, you know what else is interesting is you have no ability without the cooperation of the government to to do any of those to things. Do any of those things right. either. So mm-hmm. if the government doesn't want to, you know, pursue a case, they don't have to, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, and they will throw you in prison if you go after them. You can hand them evidence on a silver platter, and they, they still have no it. obligation to do anything about it. James Davidson had been abusing and harassing his wife, Catherine Ford, after their separation. Catherine got a court order against James to stop his misconduct. Grafton police knew about James and told her that they couldn't provide protection around the clock. One officer, frankly, advised her to buy a gun. I believe this is Grafton, Massachusetts. Uh, Mm. Buy a gun because the only way to deal with violence is violence, he said. 
Catherine didn't take that advice. Over the next 15 months, James continued to harass and stalk her, and he repeatedly threatened to kill her and her family. James terrorized Catherine and her family at their homes. He attacked her at her workplace. James's own psychiatrist warned Catherine that James had plans to kill her. Despite all of his vicious and unlawful behavior, the police never arrested James for violating the court order. And normally these guys will arrest you with the drop of a hat for violating a, oh, a court yeah. order. She should have told the cops he was smoking weed. Then they would have gone after him. <laughs> James issued his final death threat on January 16th, 1986. Catherine reported the threat to the police. At about 6 o'clock the next evening, James started kicking down her back door. When she ran out the front door, James spotted her and chased her, even as she charged through moving traffic on the street. She pounded on a neighbor's door, but no one would let her inside. As she ran to the next house, James caught her. How could somebody see that and not help? Oh, maybe they just saw somebody pounding on the door, not necessarily the person who was chasing them. Maybe they weren't home. Yeah. Uh, As she ran to the next house, James caught her and shot her three times in the face and neck, then shot himself. Miraculously, she survived, but was totally paralyzed for life. She then sued the town of Grafton for failing to protect her. Her lawyers argued the police owed a legal duty to stop James, and thus, because after all, there was a court order on him, right? Which would have been an unusual circumstance as far as the police are concerned. Uh, Maybe there's an exception for that. And thus, the police owed a a duty to protect her. A Massachusetts statute required the police to arrest James for his repeated violations of the court order, but the police had failed to do any such thing. The Massachusetts court, in the case of Ford versus Town of Grafton, held the city was not liable. The court (laughs) order that was supposed to restrain James and protect Catherine did not amount to, quote, an assurance of safety or assistance, unquote, from the police department. They had an opportunity to at least carve out an exception here, and they didn't. No. It's, you know, it's, it's, because they're protecting the police. Yeah, it blows me away every single time, you know, we hear about these stories because it's always the same thing. It's always the government ruling on the government's behavior. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, the government always thinks that the government is right. Right. Is it clear yet who is being uh, protected and served? Because it's not you. It's not this lady. In -hmm. this case, it actually was the killer. I mean, he was basically being protected because the police didn't do Jack Diddley. Yeah. If she'd gone after him, they probably would have arrested her. According to the court, when police advised Catherine to get a gun for protection, that was a warning to her. The police were unable to assure her safety or protect her because she got no assurances of safety from the police. She had no legal right to rely on the police to protect her. Case dismissed. You know, you know, the funny thing about that story is the cops were right when they said when they told her to get a gun. Sure. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Somebody actually told her the truth. Yeah. Get a gun and defend yourself because we don't care. Of course, how easy is it to get a gun in Massachusetts? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Now, maybe it was a little easier in 1986 than it is today, but it's hard as no, hell today. I think yeah. I think it was actually harder. The gun control, uh, there's less gun control today than there was. Really? Uh, yeah, actually, wow. because um, a lot of states have instituted constitutional carry. Not Massachusetts. Yeah, not my no, ass, not though. Massachusetts. I mean, remember when you went down when you were legally able to carry a gun and you had a revolver in Massachusetts? Remember oh, that? yeah. They took that from you and charged you with a felony. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I know New York, it's almost impossible. And it was a legally owned gun on your part. Oh, yeah. It's just you're from New Hampshire and the rules are a lot stricter in places like Massachusetts. You just can't just walk in and get a gun in a place like Massachusetts. So she would have had to have just left. But anyway, more coming up.
you. It's Free Talk Live. You can join the show. You can dial in at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And we're talking about the situation that, uh, of course, recently developed in Texas where parents were prohibited from trying to go and rescue their children being forced to rely on the so-called protection of the government. Those kids were slaughtered for 90 minutes until the police finally, in one case of a uh, Customs and Border Patrol agent and his men, apparently went in there and, and took the guy out after the cops waited in the hallway for 45 minutes before doing anything at all. Uh, if you want to comment on that, you're welcome to join us. Also, you know what? I like... A good snack from time to time. Uh, I think a lot of people do. And we are happy to bring on a new sponsor here, Truth Smacks. Suzanne, who's a former English teacher and a longtime truth seeker, started her own trail mix brand. She makes it, bags it, and seals it herself in a commercial kitchen in Naples, Florida. She calls it Truth Smacks because there's a heavy dose of truth on the back of every bag. So this is not only a tasty snack, but it's also an outreach project. Because anybody, you know, you buy a bunch of bags of Truth uh, Smacks in, give them away, and then hopefully they're going to read the awesome, liberty-oriented, freedom-oriented quotes that are on the back sides of the bags. Uh, the flavors are just the standard original flavor or the peppermint-infused version, and you can get them in two different sizes. Did you have some of those when we had them earlier in the studio, nobody? Yeah, yeah. I think I did. That's, that was yeah. It's really excellent stuff. There's they're made with raw, unadulterated ingredients, no artificial crap, food as nature intended. Uh, I really love the uh, the Truth Smacks. You can go to truthsmacks.com/shop and spread the truth one delicious morsel at a time. It's truthsmacks.com/shop. So we are talking about the truth tonight what it, when it comes to the police. And the truth is, the police are under no obligation to protect you. And they never have been, at least not in our lifetimes. Uh, the, uh, the story here that we're sharing is from the foundation for economic education, because all you have to do is search for no obligation to protect. That's the key legal phrasing when it comes to these various different court cases that have come up over the years. And they gave us the example of, uh, the district of Columbia case. Uh, what was it? Warren, I think it was Warren versus district of Columbia, where, Women were being raped and attacked in a home, and the police did nothing about it. And the women sued, and the courts said, nah, nah we don't owe you anything. We don't have to do anything to, to protect you. And then another example in Massachusetts, where a woman was being threatened by a man, threatening her life on multiple occasions, uh, even though there was a police court order against him, she was murdered. or no, Sorry, not murdered. She was uh, crippled for life. By this man in an attempted murder, uh, wherein he took his own life, and then she sued after that. Which is fact. worse. I would much rather be dead than spend yeah. the rest of my life lying in a bed. And then she sued after being crippled for life, and the court clearly said that the government had no obligation to stop him. She should have done something herself, the government told her. When she was done paying her taxes. Yeah. Hmm. The two cases are not legal oddities, though. A general rule of law in the United States is that government owes a duty to protect the public in general, but owes no legal duty to protect any particular person from criminal attack. Well, how can you protect the public 
without protecting any of the people. Yeah, that's what I was going to make up the public. Right. Like, what does that actually mean? Because when it comes down it to it. It means nothing. Yeah. I, I, I think I know what they mean. I, I think what they what they're trying to say here is the tickets that they issue, you know, for you know minor violations that's the job of the police that's how they supposedly protect, protect. you mm. yeah that's you know, fundraising it's, it's by effectively punishing you know punishing people somehow that's protecting you yeah but that's fundraising we know what that really i mean is. sure it is fundraising but that's what they consider protection and when it comes to the public i have advocated for years that that is simply code for government whenever you hear people in the state People, whether they be state reps or, or, you know, city councilors or police chiefs or whatever, whenever you hear them talking about the public this, the public that, just in your mind, substitute the government for the words the public and the things they start to, the things they're saying will start to make sense because they obviously have no obligation to protect you. And if they don't have an obligation to protect you as an individual, they certainly don't have a room to protect the four or the three of us as individuals. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. at what point do individuals become the public? And the answer is they don't. Because if there was when a... When they get elected to office. Well, what, what do you mean? Well, when they become politicians. Oh, yeah. No, I see. Then they become part of the protected class. Correct. Right, and that's, right. that's ultimately who the police are there to protect. They're there to protect the politicians. They're there to protect the the elites. It's it's interesting how they target, you know, I, I don't mean that when I say the public right now, I don't mean the government. I mean, like us, they target us, mm. you know, uh, with, you know, all sorts of you know penalties for all sorts of ridiculous mm-hmm. things. Half the time, you're not even violating whatever it is, you know, rule or whatever. It, they're literally targeting you. They're targeting me. They're targeting you. Mm. And they're protecting themselves. Yes, and they're taking money from you. They're protecting their revenue to pocket, you know, to pocket themselves. They're protecting their system, and they will probably respond to calls to protect politicians' homes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and and the other thing well, to point they out definitely responded to Sununu, Governor uh, Sununu in New Hampshire. They don't yeah. even they don't even just fine you and tax you to death. They even will steal from you outright with civil asset forfeiture. Sure. So oh, and, boy, and boy, did they respond to Sununu. They didn't just send one or two cops. Mm-hmm. They literally sent dozens of police to his home. Oh, yeah. And it didn't matter, and it won't matter, the fact that every single one of the New Hampshire nine, or sorry, the Newfields nine, the people that, well, eight out of the nine that have gone to trial for quote-unquote picketing outside of Sununu's house, they mm-hmm. were ticketed for this, and there was one arrest. The guy that got arrested, all charges were uh, were found not guilty. And nice. eight out of the nine who just received the picketing ticket, uh, again, all of them were found not guilty. Only one has not yet gone to trial, and so there's no reason why he won't also be found not, uh, found not guilty. But those people were barred from going to his house under bail conditions. So And, and their rights so, were restricted thereafter. Correct. correct. They were, they were Even though they weren't convicted. That's right. And they won't get any kind of com- uh, compensation for that. I guarantee you. Sununu will not have to pay them. The state will certainly not have to, to pay them. So at what point does a group of people become the quote-unquote public that the government has a supposed duty to protect them from things like this? The answer is, unless they work for the government, they never do. And here's, here's more proof. If there was some sort of horrific attack on a city of you know a million people or more, Right. Let's let's say there's a suitcase nuke that gets set off in New York City. Well, New then, York City. Do the family members of the people who died in the suitcase nuke have the ability to sue and claim any kind of restitution from the government for not protecting New York City? Of course not. Mm-hmm. They're going to have the same exact excuse. Yep. 
even though they're supposedly there to protect the public. They have no such duty. And remember, uh, the definition of a citizen is, do you guys know? A person who do, who owes an, a duty of allegiance yeah. <laughs> uh, or a responsibility for allegiance for uh, in, res, in response to a duty to protect. That's correct. But they don't have a duty to protect you. And so you don't that? have any responsibility to hold any allegiance for the monsters who run the system. Which is more evidence that you're not a citizen. You are a subject, which is what they've been saying all along. That's the term they use for you. So believe them. The number is 603-283-6160. You can join us. Can take control of the airwaves here on Free Talk Live. Insight Daily Radio. Conversations with today's most interesting artists and creators. Author, humorist, and radio personality Garrison Keillor has been a fixture in popular culture since the 1970s with more than 30 best-selling books and his Prairie Home Companion radio program. And he has a new book entitled Boomtown, a Lake Wobegon novel. We caught up with Garrison to chat about his new book and the creative journey that continues to bring Lake Wobegon to life. You depend on luck to get to this age, and when you get to this age, you realize this is the age of gratitude. It's the predominant feeling, not regret, not remorse, not sorrow, but pure gratitude. Every day is a new day. That's author and humorist Garrison Keillor, whose new book, Boomtown, a Lake Wobegon novel, has just been released and is now available wherever books are sold. See Garrison Keillor live on stage May 2nd at Red Rocks Amphitheater. Keillor will be joined by iconic artists including country music star Brad Paisley, soprano Ellie Dean, Elvin Bishop's Big Fun Trio, vocalist Heather Massey, and many more. Enjoy a live show filled with Lake Wobegon stories, humor, music, and audience sing-alongs. Red Rocks Amphitheater, May 2nd. Reserve your seat today. It is Free Talk Live. You're invited if you want to join the show here at 603-283-6160. In the studio, it's Ian. And nobody. And uh, Chris uh, was not feeling well, so he took the night off. Uh, so we wish him the best. Hope he gets better soon. Uh, so you're welcome to join us. Uh, we've been talking about the, the fact... The, like, incontrovertible at this point, decades long ruled many a time by the Supreme Court and other state courts, fact that the government gang has no liability for not doing anything. So, meaning that if the police do nothing, in the case of, oh, I don't know, your children are being murdered in a schoolroom, and you sue them over it, you will have the case dismissed. It'll just get tossed right out on its butt. And then you can try to appeal and you'll fail because there have been, as I said, Supreme Court decisions over decades that have made it clear the government has no obligation to protect you. Now, they believe you're obligated to do everything they tell you to do. Mm-hmm. If you don't jump through their hoops that they put up, if you don't pay their taxes they demand that you pay, if you don't follow their stupid regulations that they made up, well, then they will put you in a prison cell. And if you don't want to go to the prison cell, they'll kill you. That's how that works. 
But if they don't do something that you thought they had to do, because, oh, I don't know, they've been driving around with to protect and serve on the side of police vehicles for some number of decades in some areas of the country. Sometimes, some places they've taken that off, mm-hmm. the, uh, the police vehicles. They don't, they don't have any obligation to do anything. They don't have to come to your no calls. No obligation to protect and no. no obligation to serve. They don't have to speak to you. They don't have to come to the call if you call them. If they show up at the call and they shoot the wrong person, they're not liable for that. If they show up at the call and murder your dog, they're not liable for that. And if they show up at the call and kill your child, they're not liable for that either. If they, if they, But you better pay your taxes. Yep. If they fail to catch the real killer, if they fail to solve the crime that was done against you, even if there is plenty of evidence, they're not liable for any of those things. And uh, the final thought here, it's not the end of the story, but uh, the end of the story does go on. I will link to it over at social.freetalklive.com. It's a foundation for economic education. But the final point to make for this conversation is that neither the U.S. Constitution nor the federal civil rights laws require states to protect citizens from crime. As a federal appeals court bluntly put it, ordinary citizens have, quote, no constitutional right to be protected by the state against being murdered by criminals or madmen, unquote. Or even by the state itself. Indeed. So if it wasn't clear enough to you before this week, it should be crystal clear to you now. Of course, the most important question that you should be asking is, well, what do you do about it? Stop paying your taxes. That's that's one step. But of course, if you're the only person that stops paying taxes in any given geographic area, they'll just cut your head off. Hmm. Put it up on a spike, figuratively, of course. For everyone to see, see, this is what happens when you don't pay taxes. They come after you. That's what they've been mm-hmm. doing all along is making examples of people like Wesley Snipes, for instance, or other you know, mm-hmm. celebrity types that have been targeted by the IRS over the years to scare people. Mm-hmm. But if you want to weigh in, you can join us. The most effective terrorist gang in the world is your government. 603-283-6160. I would suggest the best thing you can do, if you're a liberty-minded person, if you're a liberty libertarian, voluntarist, uh, anarchist, freedom-minded anarchist, is you got to come to New Hampshire and get together with other like-minded people. Then you might have a chance to have some sort of a peaceful tax revolt that could actually make an impact. Because if you do it alone, you're gonna you're gonna just you're martyring you're martyring yourself. If you do it with a group of people, it gets a lot harder. Because if they have to actually go around and throw multiple families into the street at the same time, mm-hmm. it's going to be an ugly look for them. And it's a lot different if, if it were like a group of families than, say, you or me, nobody. If, if it's you mm-hmm. know just a lone single guy who's refusing to pay uh, taxes, then you look like a crazy. You know, oh, mm-hmm. we'll throw him out of his house. He doesn't deserve it. But if it's 10 or 15 families, that would be a totally different story. But, of course, we're nowhere near that happening, even though there's thousands of people who've moved here to New Hampshire. Very few people do want to put their own property on the line. Yeah. And, and frankly, that wouldn't be my first tactic, because basically the state gets the property. That's true. And, and so gives it to their cronies. Giving money to the money to the to the state. Yeah, I, I think that uh, that uh, compared to, to, you know, not paying property tax, I would say that voting, fighting back, showing up when the cops are misbehaving and letting them know to their face that they're misbehaving. Mm-hmm. Getting video. Getting video, publicizing it. You know, I think that I think that's a that's a better idea. 
whatever the tactics are, having numbers makes a difference. And yeah. getting as many freedom-minded people to the same place is the only strategy that's actually having success. We say this, by the way, as the Libertarian Party nationally is arguing over bylaws uh, and how to run a convention in Reno right now. And I wish those folks the best of luck at making the Libertarian Party some sort of a relevant organization that actually sticks to, uh, to principles in the future. But it hasn't been that organization for many years and uh, if they can fix it to that extent that it might be a better recruiter for uh, the lib- the ideas of liberty then then i support that mm. uh, but i'm not going to get my hopes up too uh, too bad i think it's a good recruiter it I, was um i think it uh but you know most people like i still i still vote libertarian mm-hmm. for lack of anything better unless there's like an an anarchist running as a as a republican or a democrat which happens which happens in in new hampshire um but uh and and i'm grateful to the libertarian party for um for giving me giving me the basics of uh you know and for for first teaching me early on some of the ideas of of liberty but you know, I've, uh, you know, political parties are not the final answer because governments are not the final answer. Yeah. The final answer is since the responsibility for, for your protection already falls on you, the government has no responsibility to protect you. Well, then you should have the right to defend yourself and you should have the right to defend yourself by any means necessary let's go to your phone calls david it's in tennessee listening in chattanooga go ahead david hi good evening guys welcome sir uh, i just had some uh i had some previous work knowledge on some of the subjects that we're talking about and i just thought it might be interesting to some of your listeners i i i, I think you all know the whole perspective to it but sometimes uh you lean kind of heavy on one side or another, which we all do. Uh, but, uh, you know, the first uh, the case you talked about with a lady being shot uh, critically, uh, injured by the person she was associated with, I just kind of always leaves the impression a little bit heavy-handedness against the, the cops when, yeah, I know you said there was a court order and all, but you, you all know as well as I do, unless that's a specific court order, a pickup, a detainment order, on the individual, uh, that's not going to protect anybody. Mm-hmm. A court order, it's just a piece of paper. That, it's just a piece of paper. And in a situation like that, you have to protect yourself. And if you get taken to court for manslaughter or whatever you have to do, well, those will be dismissed. And that's how it usually goes. But this, the cops looking at a piece of paper that doesn't have a pickup by a judge or detainment, there's nothing they can do. You can't put a cop in everybody's house. Well, there's something they can do. They could have arrested the guy for violating the court order. Yeah, he was. She he was, was under. A, he was under a court order of a protection, and he continued to threaten this woman. So they could have done yeah. that, but they didn't, and they're not obligated to. And that was the whole point of the story: is they they don't have to do anything for you. Well, okay, no, no, that's something I probably missed because uh, yeah. I was out in the yard. But if no if he violated that order, though, now on some of those orders, though, still the violation has to be gone. In front of a judge that he violated it, and then the judge has to issue a pickup order on that. So it's not always the police. Sometimes they can only deal with what's given to them from above. Well, they didn't do anything. It doesn't make them any less useless. Yeah, hold on, David. Well, I don't know if you're driving at something, but if you a want, tool you... can only be a, a tool can only be used for the person directing it. 
Well, the point is they are not a tool that you get to direct. They do what they want to do. Uh, but if you want more, we'll, uh, we'll bring you back here. More coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. You can join us here. You can bring up whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian and nobody in the studio tonight. And also, Free Talk Live is brought to you by Freedoms Phoenix, your source for all news, economic news, government overreach, insane government spending, and more. You can get the headlines from today all in one place and from a fresh libertarian perspective at freedomsphoenix.com. That's freedoms with an S, phoenix.com. We're going to go back to... Your calls here. We still have David on the line calling from Chattanooga, Tennessee. And, and David, uh, we were talking about the, the many stories uh, that uh, we've, we've highlighted a couple of them, but there have been a myriad of them over the years where police have been called into a, a violent situation. They've done absolutely nothing in some cases. People sued over that. Or in the case today, was it was the shooting today? Uh, in uh, Texas? No, it was two days ago, I think. Okay, in the shooting two days, days ago, something. they actively defended the shooter against angry parents that were trying to get inside, tear him limb from limb with their bare hands if they had to. David, you want to comment? Yeah, like uh, I was saying, I've got a little knowledge from uh, past employment in the area. And I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying that uh, usually police, you know, they get sued. First one called, the guy right out there in the front line. But like you say, if a person violating a, an order of protection, a pickup order, a restraining order, whatever, they get a call, he's violated, okay, you got to find him. That's still that piece of paper doesn't mean you're protected. So what I'm saying, if you feel threatened, like we've said, like you've said, protect yourself. When the, you know, not as many police officers as people. And I understand mm-hmm. people's frustration. But of course, it would be a lot easier to protect ourselves if we had back all the money that we paid the government for protection that we didn't receive. Imagine this woman who got shot in the face by her ex-husband. Imagine if the government had given her back every dime she ever paid in taxes since they weren't going to provide any service to her, and she was able to go out and hire someone to Mm. protect her. And then again, uh, police officers don't control those funds. Well, no, they don't control anything. They don't protect anybody. They don't serve anybody. So the question is, what are they good for? Okay, well, the police serve the citizens and at the direction of the citizens. Well, it seems to me they serve the the politicians. Whose responsibility is that? Okay, who elects the politicians, so whose responsibility is it? Well, the politicians seem to rig their elections. It's our responsibility. How is it our responsibility that we are forced to play a game we don't want to play? Now, it may be your responsibility because you seem to support this system, but it's not my responsibility. Who forces you to vote for one individual? You have freedom of choice. You need to go and 
It doesn't matter if you vote or not. If you vote, you'll get one of the two monsters that they nominated. If you don't vote, you'll still get one of the monsters that they nominated. The problem is that you are forced to pay for their system. I think you can sit back and complain and not change anything. There's always hope for change if you're not happy. Well, there's hope for change if you... There's no hope for change inside the system because the system is rigged. As they put it in the, in the matrix, they are guarding all the doors and they are holding all the keys. Unless your children are behind one of those doors, in which okay. case they have to wait to get a key. Like I say, that's the responsibility. Y'all are hitting hard on the police. That's the responsibility level above the police. I worked as a policeman. There was no plants in my academy class or the people I worked with. And we didn't control funds. And we didn't control where we were directed. We didn't control passing laws. So that's the people. So why should be, we be forced to pay your salary if you can't do anything? You're a citizen. That's part of the public. I'm a citizen. No, a citizen is, devi- is defined as someone who owns a duty of allegiance in respond for a duty of defense. You just said you can't defend us as cops. So why no, do we pay you? That. What we do we pay we were, for? See, you're generalizing. We were talking about a specific incident, specific circumstances. No, sir. You, you just said you're a citizen. A you just said you're a citizen we're to all us. Citizens. No, no, you're not. If you'd stop talking for a moment and listen to what nobody just said to you, I'll maybe you would understand. You're trying to bully me like other people you do. No, it's that's what you work. do as a cop. No, I'm not bullying that's what you anybody. guys do. I'm being cordial with y'all. That's because you're on the other end of a phone and you can't shoot somebody's dog. Really? There you go. Now, who's who's starting this? You are. Do you want to listen or do you just want to keep on yammering? The the reality is you keep telling me that the police can't do anything, that the police can't defend you because they don't have the right paperwork. What I I want to know is what are we paying them for if they are unwilling or unable to provide us with the basic protection? Why are we forced to pay taxes? You know your listeners are hearing this generalization you're making. That was a question, sir. In general... We're talking about one specific... No, we're talking in general now about the police, and he asked you a a question about it. When you say we can't protect you, I disagree with that blanket statement. Can we not agree to disagree on that? Uh, I've never received any... Uh, any protection from the police? How do you know? What I've How do you received know the from patrolling your street when you were asleep and prevented someone from stealing something <laughs> from your car. How do you know? Well, I'll tell you what I know. I know they threw me in jail for a year over weed when I didn't hurt anybody. So how about about if we just stop having mandatory taxes? How about if we stop having any corporation that can force you to pay for a product that you don't want and didn't receive? Does that sound fair to you? That's above a policeman's level. That's not my decision. Uh, I can't decide. I can't answer your question. I'm not allowed to think. Uh, Yeah, well, I can't tell you if it's above a policeman's level or not, but you are a person, right? Well, as a person, do you think that we should be forced? He can't can't listen if he's talking. I am listening. No, you can't listen if you're talking. That's a general rule of life. If there's words coming out your mouth, you can't listen. Okay, go ahead. So, So the question is... Should should any corporation 
have the power to force you to buy a product you don't want and then not provide the product that they're paying for. And if not, not what is the moral justification for taxes? If you're talking about a corporation, I agree with you. No, they can't make you buy something you don't well, want. The government is just a corporation. It uh, is a legal fiction. We disagree there. Well, then what is it? How is the government different from a corporation? Supposed to be run by rules and laws and made up of people the citizens of this country elect to positions of responsibility. And it's up what to us to what responsibility? Sure what responsibility do they hold? Be- a, because if you're we've not happy with your representation, you work to change it. That's that didn't answer the question. You. Well, I've never been happy with my representation. I have never had any representation. He asked you, what is the responsibility they have? Yeah. If, I mean, the, the courts have ruled over citizens, and over again that they're their not... constituents serve the citizens, meet the needs of the citizens, but they have to be... Mm-hmm. You don't just elect them and put them in there and not converse with them and then walk away. You have to be involved in your government to get the results you want. <laughs> Uh, well i i I have been involved i ran for uh i ran for governor my my slogan was uh since my name is nobody my slogan was nobody knows how to live your life better than you do and nobody deserves that kind of power but i'll tell you what the there is no justification for having a government when that government does nothing but plunder the citizens for money and provides no services and is not required by its own rules to provide any service. David, you, Nobody should be forced to pay for services yeah. they don't want and they don't receive. I feel so, so bad We're for you, David. We're not forced to. We choose to. You understand <laughs> that, huh? You're not forced to pay taxes. That's the one thing the police do do. Don't you know Some what happens if you don't pay your taxes? What happens when you don't pay your taxes? Is there some you violence? You a generalized statement, then you break it down to one thing in particular. You throw a generalized statement at me, then try to hit me with one thing. It's this is co- not rocket science, of, David. Well, you don't it, like it when I'm general, you don't like it when I'm specific. Just be no, honest. I, you know what I, happens I, when somebody I, I, doesn't I, pay taxes. I mean, I feel bad for the guy government because Government thugs, so- show up, and they throw you in prison. That's you, David. You would show up. If you were still in that uh, that role, whatever it was, whatever policing. He did say he was a uh, police officer of some sort in the past. Sheriffs or, uh, you know, the local cops, they will show up to your house and throw your ass out on the street. And if you don't go, they they'll shoot ver- you. They vary between... It is Free Talk Live, kicking off the third hour of the program here. Phones are open if you want to join us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio here tonight, you've got Ian. And nobody. We're going to go back to your phone calls and thoughts. We actually still have David. For those of you who are just, uh, if you were listening in the last hour, you heard David from Tennessee call in. We've been, throughout the whole show tonight, having the singular focus, basically, looking at uh, the situation in Texas and how the police there did absolutely nothing for a total of about 90 minutes. 
And then finally, and the reports are now coming in, by the way, that the Customs and Border Patrol agents who finally did take down the shooter did it without permission from the police chief who was quote-unquote in charge there. They were frustrated, apparently, with having to wait around, and so they went ahead and just did it. That's the that's what I saw wow. in one, he- one headline uh, recently. But again, it took 90 minutes for uh, for that to, to happen anyway. Uh-huh. And the point that we made... But at least there were some, some actual men there who showed yep. up and did, did something, something right regardless of what the police had to say about it. But what, what this led to was a larger point uh, that we we have to keep making for people out there because a lot of people believe this is oh some sort of freak occurrence that the police the thin blue line they didn't do something they they held back well no no if you look at pretty much every uh, one of these situations whether it be Columbine where they mm-hmm. waited two hours outside and hid uh, before they finally went in an hour after the shooters there had killed themselves or whether it be at Parkland uh, in Florida there have been a myriad of examples of this where the police are more concerned for officer safety than they are for the safety of the actual victims of these situations. And we gave multiple examples in multiple court cases over time, going back as far back as 1975 with the Warren versus District of Columbia case, where the Supreme Court and other courts across the United States have made it crystal clear that police at no level have any obligation to protect you. And that led to David calling in from Tennessee, where, David, you did mention briefly that you had some sort of past uh, action as a police officer or a law enforcement officer, but I didn't get, uh, I didn't ask you for specifics. I am curious, uh, for whom did you work? You don't have to say which department, but you know, what level were you? A, a county sheriff's deputy or a local no, cop? Police department finished in uh, administration. But I was going to add something about the Uvalde thing, just to, you know, for your listeners. Uh, from what it's coming out, I don't think it's too early to make a comment on it. Either the guys down there have, uh, great lack of training, bad training, or, or bad leadership at the scene. I did that job for 28 years. 11 years, I was on a special response, special operations team. I attended uh, military special operations schools, many police department special operations schools, all our active shooter training that we went through constantly over and over, especially involving a school. There was no stand and wait. There was no wait for reinforcements. There was no you know, prepare yourself. It was out of the car into the school. So the training they got was severely lacking or really bad leadership, but just that's not everywhere. That's not how training should be. That's not how it's taught now. That's not how it was taught 20 years ago when I started doing it. So I don't know what was going on down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sorry for it. And it breaks my heart uh, to be in that job and see that happen because there's no way in the hell. We were, I, if I would have been by myself at that school, I was in the door. I was the, the shield guy. I was always the first guy in the door. That's just the breaks, and that's just the way it went, and I was glad to be that guy. Uh, and I'm sorry for those families. And it breaks my heart, but I just want your listeners to know there's police out there that give a damn. I'm one of them. And that's not going to happen everywhere. It never should have happened there. But people in that area... People in your towns, get involved, find out what kind of training they're going through, make sure that you keep your hands and eyes on people that have responsibility over your lives. Don't sit on your ass. But they don't. And do nothing. 
That's the Too thing. Too many people sit on their ass and don't get involved, and that's all I'm saying. I don't want to argue with you guys. Everybody's got a right to their opinion. I understand. I'm a liberal-minded policeman. I'm a, I was a badass policeman, but I love people. You know, that doesn't say that I'm closed-minded. What I'm telling you people is you don't sit and let other people run your lives. If you're not happy the way it is, get off your ass, put down the control of the video machine, turn off the TV, get out of the bar, and go do something david so let me give you an example i get the, i get where you're mm-hmm. coming from i understand what you're saying but you're talking to two individuals i realize you're talking to the audience but you're talking to two individuals in the studio who have gotten involved not only mm-hmm. have we run for office we've gone to plenty of city council meetings we in fact were involved when the police uh, back in 2012 here in Keene, new hampshire 2011 i think it was were trying to get what they call a bear cat which is essentially an armored personnel carrier uh, that many many police uh, have received around the country. They were uh, given to them by the federal government, and they are used by the federal government. Surplus military vehicles. In the case of the Bearcat, in the case of the Bearcat, they actually weren't surplus. They're brand new, purchased from uh, their their well, creator. Ours was used. Lenko. We always got used stuff. We had to constantly fix. But I got you. Go ahead. This one was brand new. Two hundred eighty thousand dollars came from uh, the manufacturer directly. But the point I'm trying to tell you about here is when the city council of Keene, New Hampshire, announced that they were looking at getting this machine, a huge outcry from the people of this, uh, the town came out about this. And uh, when I say huge, I'm not exaggerating here. It was 90%, according to one of the city councilors, as far as the, call, the calls and the emails and the contacts on the street that this uh, city councilor received in regards to the people's opposition to receiving this weapon, to receiving this tank. And it was both people on the right and people on the left and people with no party affiliation who came out. They packed the city council meeting. They packed it so hard they had to shut down. They had to have the fire marshal on the first floor of the uh, the city council building, keeping people out of the second floor because there were too many people in the meeting. They couldn't allow legally another person to go in. So you had to wait. If you were downstairs, you had to wait till somebody came down. They just you know, happened to leave. Then they let you up. That was how busy it was. That was how packed it was. Despite the fact that 90% of the people were contacting these uh, city councilors against it, despite the fact that the room was packed full of people, and the only people who spoke in favor of the Bearcat were active duty and retired cops, despite all of that, the city council voted, I believe it was 13 to 3, if I recall correctly, 13 to, yeah, I think it was like 13 to 3 or 12 to 3, mm-hmm. in favor of receiving this tank. And so, in favor of our paying for it yeah, every so, year. So it didn't matter, David, all of the action that you called for, all of the people getting involved, all the people and the, the super, super majority. This wasn't mm-hmm. some little slice of uh, Keene, the activist. No, this was the average person in Keene who came out, signed petitions, came to the meeting and spoke out. And the police got what they wanted. So so let me describe. Did, did these people get reelected? Sure did. Yeah. Well, now, okay, I understand your anger, but whose fault is that? They got it doesn't matter because they're all bad. Well, it's it's the fault uh, it's of the bad. design of the system. Okay, the system is designed in such a way, okay, that it puts people in charge. It puts the government in charge of everything. So maybe you have somebody in government 
who you agree with 40% of the time and somebody else you agree with 30% of the time. Those are those are your choices. So you vote for the guy who you agree with 40% of the time, and that means that 60% of the time you're voting for what you don't want. So here's, here's my proposal for a better system. Instead of having one government, okay, we should have many different security agencies and and each individual should be responsible for choosing their own security provider and they should pay that security provider at a mutually agreeable rate and if they want to defend themselves that's great they can do that and instead of paying somebody they can just buy guns and whatever else they need but nobody should be forced to pay for a system that doesn't work for them thank you david for the call we're coming up free talk live you can join us here the number 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 in the studio tonight it's ian and nobody And you cannot fix a system that is designed in a way that prevents any kind of real reform. And the problem with the system is too many words. I was thinking this when I I was outside. Too many words. They didn't stop talking when they should have stopped talking. For example, they said, no taxation without representation. They should have just said no taxation. Mm, yeah. First Amendment. Congress shall pass no law abridging the freedom of speech, blah, 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 blah. They could have been much briefer. Congress shall pass no law. <laughs> That's all they needed. That's all they needed to protect. Yeah. To, and as a matter of fact, at that point, you don't need a Congress. That's right. They could just go home. You find somebody else to bother them. They would have just changed the words. They wouldn't have called it law. They would have called it something else. <laughs> but, but you know, the, the reality is there is nothing in life that is one size fits all. Mm. There's no company in the world that provides a service that everybody likes, mm-hmm. you know, and normally that's okay. Because you're not forced to pay for it. Yeah. If McDonald's provides food that you don't want to eat, you don't have to pay McDonald's. That's right. You can go pay somebody who provides something you want. If Netflix doesn't provide the kind of entertainment that you like, and I actually, I don't want to pick on Netflix because I I love the letter they sent to their, to their wokists. Mm. Um, But you 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 buy your entertainment from somebody else only in this one area and it's one of the most important areas in life one of the greatest questions in life is how are you going to provide yourself with security mm. you know one of the most important duties that every man has is defend is to defend his family and his loved ones but yet it's the one area of life where you are forced to pay for a service, whether you want it or not, whether it's any good or not, and whether or not 
the people paid actually deliver the service. You're forced at gunpoint to pay for it. And I would submit that that is not protecting and serving the people. That is protecting and serving the politicians who plunder the people and nobody else. And until that system is gone, we will not have a civilized society. Yeah, totally agree. And anything else like what we heard from our last caller, David, is just pure. And he sounded, I mean, I could hear the emotion yeah. in his voice when when he talked about what happened. It sound. I think, I believe him when he says that he hates what happened down there. Mm-hmm. But what happened down there was guaranteed by the broken broken yeah. system well and of course it's the it's typical that you know and i don't disbelieve him when he says he would have done something differently mm-hmm. and maybe some of those 19 men that were in that hallway would have done something differently but every single one of them were told doing what they were told they submitted to authority mm-hmm. even if they knew that authority was wrong right. and that's the problem when you put aside your own morals your own beliefs what you know is right and instead submit to authority, you're always you're on the road to hell. Yeah. Um, if you want to weigh in, the number is 603-283-6160. And it's just it's so it was such a hard conversation to have. It was entertaining and all, but it was hard to have because all David was doing was just sort of spewing this propaganda that he truly believes, right? Like, oh, well, you got to get involved. You don't like the system. Well, it's the system. You've got to go to talk to the city council. You need to be heard. If you don't like your voting choices, you got to run for office. And it's like, we've done all those things, mm-hmm. and the system is still the way it's going to be. And the only way it's ever going to change is if there's truly enough people that understand what is fundamentally wrong with it. Mm-hmm. And there aren't enough people like that because of the constant propaganda of a bunch of cops saying, oh, well, that wouldn't have happened here. Well, how come it happens so often? It's not like this one Texas situation was the one off. There have been mm-hmm. a myriad of situations like this where kids have died and cops just stood around outside just yeah. planning and plotting and then finally executing after hours in some cases went by. And it, it reminds me of the mm-hmm. old, uh, it's only one bad apple. You know, it's, oh, it's just a few bad apples. But remember yeah. the rest of the phrase. Well, the rest of the phrase is a few bad apples spoil the bunch. Right. You know, and that's the advantage of a, of a decentralized uh, situation because. That we don't have. That we don't have. If we had a decentralized situation, then you could hire a company that didn't have those bad apples and the companies that were made up of bad apples they the comp- they, they would go out of out of business and you know they say it's just a, a few bad apples but i'll tell you what if apples were killing as many people <laughs> as the police kill there would be a congressional investigation into the apple industry maybe chopping down them trees let's go to sam in ohio you're on free talk live go ahead sam yeah, I just wanted to comment on the word you used earlier about subjects. It almost seems like you're a prisoner in their system. And since you're indeed a prisoner in their system, it almost seems like what you're saying about secession makes the most sense in terms of 
leaving the union to get out of their system. But at mm. the same time, people leave if you even say peacefully leaving, they're calling for violence because they misunderstand the possibility that there could be peace and that the military may not invade. Well, the reason they can they consider a call for peaceful secession a call for violence is because they understand how governments react. You know, whether they want to admit it or not, whether our last caller wants to admit what he understands, uh, you know, at some sort of level or not, I think everybody understands that when you don't pay the government gang what they demand, and they can demand whatever they want, whenever you won't pay them, they're going to come after you and they're going to use some kind of violence against you. And so people know that in the 1800s, when secession was tried previously, violence was employed. And so they just figure the same thing's going to happen again. And you know it's a fair it's a fair presumption to presume that the state, a violent organization, is going to get violent when somebody says I'm out. But that does not put the responsibility on the person who says I'm out. It the responsibility remains on the violent thugs who choose. They have a choice. It's like when a, when a woman leaves her husband, he has a choice to just let her go. He mm-hmm. doesn't have to track her down and kill her. Well, by the same token, when a group of people decides to sever their bonds from a government, the government doesn't have to track them down and kill them. The government can just let it slide. They could. Sam, stand by. I don't know if you had more uh, to say about that. We'll bring you back here. The number is 603-283-6160. And secession is certainly an important step. It's a big step, no doubt about it. I mean, cutting out the federal government from its control over our lives is a huge step in the right direction but that still leaves us with the state and they're still terrifying people they're still ruining people's lives putting innocent people behind bars so we still got a lot more to do then it's free talk live It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open here, and you can join us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, you've got Ian. And nobody. You can join us online anytime you want. Just head over to freetalklive.com. And by the way, Free Talk Live is brought to you by Bitcoin.com. If you're ready to start learning about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash, you can do that over at Bitcoin.com. Just click Get Started right there at the top of the page today. Bitcoin lower than $29,000. It's about 28700 and change for a Bitcoin. And some would say that means it's on sale. Might be a good opportunity to start learning and then eventually maybe get into uh, some crypto. Mm-hmm. But you do need to learn the basics first. You don't want to go into this blind. So go click Get Started at the top of the page over at Bitcoin.com and they'll give you the basics there. What are the other cryptos doing? Are they uh, are they still tracking? They tend uh, to track along Bitcoin. Bitcoin, yep. or is there has there been any closing of that gap? Because it seems like at some point people are going to realize that Bitcoin itself, Bitcoin BTC, mm-hmm. is flawed and is fatally flawed. And and there are much better currencies out there like Bitcoin Cash that still has the possibility to deliver on the promise of Bitcoin. And the promise of Bitcoin wasn't just to give you a way to get your weed online. Mm-hmm. It was to bank the unbanked, 
to provide financial services for poor people who are getting ripped off by the current banking and monetary system. And Bitcoin, with its fees, I don't think will ever deliver on those promises. But Bitcoin Cash can. To answer your question, I'm just glancing here at the coin market cap, or in this case, CoinGecko.com, where uh, it's pretty typical that most of the crypto out there is sort of along, goes along with Bitcoin as Bitcoin, so goes the rest of the market. There are some outliers that do things differently, but there's never any like consistency to say that. Oh well, whenever Bitcoin goes up, you know, Bitcoin Cash goes uh, goes down or the or the reverse. I mean, so right now, um, Tron apparently went up in the last 24 hours, but uh, you know, everything else went down, uh, and you know, who knows why that is. I'm not recommending uh, Tron or anything like that. I'm just looking at what happened here in the in the numbers. Uh, what else? Monero apparently has been up in the last week, uh, whereas everything else uh, not so much. And that's of course the mm-hmm. the big privacy coin out there. Uh, so you got to do your own research, and the best place to start is to learn the basics. Hit uh, Bitcoin.com, click Get Started right there at the top. Let's go back to Sam. He's in Ohio. Sam, uh, what else did you want to share tonight? I don't know if you got to your point. Uh, I guess I was trying to get to the point of like how nobody was talking about decentralization of uh, policing and security. I'm assuming that there's some federal law that says that you're not allowed to do that if you're part of the union. Well, there's a federal law that says even if you don't want our services and even if you don't receive our services, you still have to pay for our services. And most people, once they've had half their income stolen from them, from the federal government, don't have enough money left to buy security. Right. Um, yeah. I think of how many people live paycheck to paycheck right now. Uh, and it's gotten worse, of course, the under... The parts of America. The what? The two-thirds of America that I always hear you talk oh, about. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, of course, those numbers have gotten worse after COVID. And now you see the inflation uh, eating away people's standard of living. It's it's getting harder than ever uh, to be able to afford anything else. And that's the same thing's true of schooling, right? Like, a lot of people mm-hmm. send their kids to government schools, and you ask them, well, why don't you send to a private school? Or they'll say, well, I can't afford it because they're already paying in the case in uh, Keene, mm-hmm. New Hampshire, I think it's 70% of the local property taxes goes to the government schools. So you have to pay for a terrible education and then figure out whether you've got any money left to pay for a good education. Yeah. Sam, anything else? Yeah, uh, it just seems like uh, how many people is it going to take for you to get what you want done with your constitutional amendment? Oh, you're talking about the uh, secession amendment here mm-hmm. in New Hampshire? Yeah. Well, only 13 of the state reps voted for it, uh, so it's going to take about Although another... a lot more of them, I think, supported it. They didn't want to take the risk at the time. That's true. We don't know how many of them quietly liked the idea but didn't want to take the political, what they considered to be risk of potentially losing their seat in an election. Of course, that's what we're going to find out this year, is how many of the 13 who run for re-election end up getting uh, booted out on the secession issue or not. Of course, you never know why someone votes the way they do but it'll still be uh, somewhat instructive to see what happens there but ultimately we would have needed a couple hundred more of the state representatives to support that but everything's mm-hmm. got to start somewhere sam and i thank you for the call tonight and just getting to the point where we've got twenty thousand active duty 
uh, activists in the state of New Hampshire, um, I think would be a huge step in that in that direction. Yeah, I don't even think we're to a quarter of that yet. No. No, I don't I don't think so either. I think that the and, Free State Project is counting locals as free staters if you look at their numbers. I've heard them throwing around 5 or 6,000, but I'm pretty sure that includes mm-hmm. a lot of the locals who've kind of signed signed on in support. Not to yeah. say those folks and don't count, they're important. Yeah, that that to me is is fine. Where you came from, once you're here, it doesn't matter. Sure. You know, it's uh it's you, you're once once you're here. If you're a libertarian, you're a porcupine. Whether you were born here or whether you uh, whether you moved here, we just need more people in the fight. Yeah, and more people out there changing hearts and minds. Well, know? the fact is, uh, last year was a record year for the Free State Project. For the mm-hmm. for the listeners that don't know, that's the migratory uh, project for libertarians, encouraging them to move them to new hampshire not not that they're paying for the move but to just encourage people to to move here uh on their own volition and a record number of people moved to new hampshire as part of the free state project like Mm -hmm. a significant portion of the actual numbers of of all people who migrated to new hampshire in 2021 like a a tenth of them or something were, were free staters nice yeah so there's a lot of people coming in and 2022 is probably going to top 2021 Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously we don't have the numbers yet we're not even halfway through the year uh, we haven't even had the porcupine freedom festival yet that's still to come in the next couple three weeks i think uh from now nice. so that's a, a big exposure a lot of people come up to new hampshire they they taste what it's like to be amongst a community of freedom loving people for for an entire week mm-hmm. with the porcupine freedom festival and many of them stay they don't ever go back home some go back home immediately pack up and make plan or and or make plans to move as soon as possible so i think we're going to see another huge wave of movers this year mark warden the porcupine real estate agent has said that it's non-stop for them they uh constantly nice. have people inquiring and buying homes and uh you know now's the time i mean if you if you've been waiting and you've been wondering yeah. you know this is a real movement it's really happening there really are a uh, the largest number of freedom-loving people who are active and doing things to try to change both the system and society, you know, working mm-hmm. inside and outside of the system, doing agorism, working in the marketplace, uh, selling things without asking government permission. All of these things are happening here. Yeah. <laughs> in a big way. And when it's happening, when I say they're happening here, there's, there's things like market day uh, uh-huh. that happen every single month, I think, in different locations across the state where people gather together and offer whatever products or services they have for sale to the community. And uh, there's there's just so much happening. There are multiple clubs around the the state now, more, more than I'm even aware of. Uh, there's a, mm-hmm. It used to just be two. It used to be Manchester and Keene. Uh, the Keene one shut down several years ago, but now there's one on the seacoast. There's two on the seacoast, and there's others opening up all over the place now, which is amazing. Yeah. And and the thing about it is even even if we lose, I would much rather be here with you know at least a significant group of people who understands and who knows what I'm trying to do than be back in Ann Arbor surrounded mm. by liberals who think I hate poor people. The number is 603-283-6160. You can join us in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live and bring up whatever's on your mind. 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live. Yeah! 
phones are open here and you can join us. Bring up whatever you want in the remaining moments, which are happening now. The number 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live is brought to you by our Free Talk Live supporters uh, like Libertariat, who is a platinum-level supporter of our AMPS program. AMPS stands for Advertise Market Promote and support. It's a way for you to get behind the show. And uh, Libertariat's doing platinum level, which means at least 25 bucks a month. So thank you, uh, Libertariat, for going above and beyond what we request, which is only five. So thank you for that. Uh, you get some cool benefits and some perks. You can go sign up for those. Perks? Indeed. <laughs> uh, all for you over at amps.freetalklive.com. AMPS.freetalklive.com. Thank you, Libertariat. Uh, that's where you can go to learn more and get signed up as he has done. We go to your calls and thoughts, Joe, in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Nobody. Hi, Ian. Hi. Oh, hi, Ian. Hi, Nobody. How you doing? All right. How Joe, you what's, doing? what's on your mind? Yeah. Well, I'm not a great military tactician or anything like that, but uh, why do they shoot tear gas in the classroom? Yeah, that's another good question. I mean, uh, yeah. that's certainly something they could have done. They could have, I'm sure, uh, broken a window or two or whatever. Yeah. But no, they waited until a janitor came and uh, gave them a key so they could then unlock a door and then went in. Well, they were afraid of damaging school property, I think. <laughs> that's You know what? I think they they might have had these three great strategists. Mullary and Curly. That's right. And I hear that they had a warrant for his arrest because he opened up a Bitcoin account. Oof. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm making that yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't send a tank then. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that $283,000 tank. And also, mm-hmm. okay, let's talk about these cops. One thing, they're dressed in bulletproof gear. Mm-hmm. Okay. They have shields. They go in a ph- phalanx like uh, Alexander the Great used to do and the uh, Romans used to do. I don't think that got, I don't think they could have got her or anything like that. The risk was much had, lower than uh, the right. risk to the shooter. Yeah. Right. No such armor. But like I said, why didn't anybody shoot tear gas? That's, That's a good question. Basic. Yep. They're all incompetent. They really the people who are ahead there ought to be fired. They shouldn't get their pension because lives were lost. They were derelict in their duty. They've probably been derelict in their duty all their life there. And I hate to say that, but kids died. Yeah. Nineteen of them. It's horrible. And then cops call you up and try to justify. No, no, no. You tell that guy in Tennessee, right? He's an idiot. <laughs> because all they had to, you know, all they had to do is shoot some tear gas in there. And the guy go in Tennessee, I don't, I'm not going to go so far as to call him an idiot. He's just ignorant. He's mm. totally bought into the system. It's what paid his paycheck for his entire career. He said he was in it for 30-something or 20-something years. So he's yeah, on retirement. Years, he said. It's still paying him. Yep. You know? Yeah, and you know what? I, I used to be like him until I learned the truth. And then I heard you guys talking and stuff like that, and I said, oh, here's my favorite radio show. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. I, I appreciate it. Anything else you want to share tonight, Joe? No, I'm just glad that uh, nobody got out and stuff like that. And Me too. We are too. Like I said, I hope he gets a good play. Also, uh, when, you, when your lawyer uh, defends you, right, there's an episode, Paladin, season six, 
episode 14. Have him watch that because what he does, he discredits the court. What was the show? Now you have, what's that? You said season six, episode 14. What was the show? Paladin. Paladin. Have Gun Will Travel. Yeah, Have Gun Will Travel. Okay. He, he was, he, oh, it was a defend, Western, right? Yeah, the, the judge made Paladin defend a gunslinger. And Paladin was so eloquent and stuff like that, quoting Shakespeare. He made the court look totally incompetent. He made the sheriff look totally incompetent. Mm. And the well, town like turned that. against the sheriff and everybody. So you got a guy who's got a hair up his uh, rear end about you guys for the Bitcoin. You have to make him look incompetent, and you have to make the uh, judges look, the court look incompetent. Because you didn't hurt anybody. They're not asking for regress. Yeah. Well, that seems to be what they take most seriously is if you don't harm anybody, they want you in prison. Right, because if you're a pacifist and you won't defend yourself, then they come after you. Yeah, well, remember, uh, we covered a story, I don't know, last night or two nights ago about a police chief of the union in Boston who's going to prison for 13 years on 22 counts of child rape. Oh, yeah. 13 years, but Ross Ulbricht is in prison for two life sentences plus 40 years for running a website. And that's less than a year per Per child. Yeah, that's right. They really gave him a deal. Well, remember, they actually charged him with 33. Wow. And they they plead down to 22. Go ahead. Well, let's hope the inmates uh, do our justice. Thank you for the call tonight, Joe. What will usually okay, happen thanks. in those circumstances is they put him in protective uh, custody. But I thank you for the call. Because they're still going to do him favors, even when he's on the inside. Yeah. Well, he's one of their own. Now remember, they kept him uh, not only employed when they knew in the 1990s what he was doing, and they had evidence for it they in the 1990s. They knew he was doing it. Yeah. Wow. Yep, they had enough evidence internally. But they claim they couldn't do anything about it because they didn't have enough evidence to get a con- conviction or something like that. So the the, the word was on this must Did have been on. Did they fire him? No, no. He continued working and then was elected to the police union chief position. Wow. So his own coworkers or whoever the hell elects police union chiefs, I presume that's the yeah, it's got union be members, co-workers. right? Uh, they elected him, and you know they must have heard rumors about him. Right, they must have heard that this guy was touching kids. Wow, so That's really crazy. makes you wonder. Yeah, I, I was like Joe Biden touching kids on camera. Sure, well, yeah, he's, you know? yeah, he's untouchable. And he knows it. Too bad for the kids; they weren't. Yeah. Um, Sarah's on the line in New Mexico. Go ahead, Sarah. Oh yes, I found out we have electric bicycle tour groups here. So if you guys want to come out and visit Albuquerque, I guess they, yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, there's things to for take you guys an electric bike ride. Yeah. That's your big tourism yeah, they, uh, approach. So here's, yeah, here's a question by, uh, for town. you. Sarah, so, he's got a question for you. Sarah, yeah, go I, I got a question for you, Sarah. Uh, you're, you're big on taxation. These, these kids that were murdered. Down in down in Texas, nineteen children murdered. The police showed up at the school, and instead of going inside and putting a stop to it, they spent their time tackling and tasing parents who were trying to go in unarmed to tear the gunmen apart with their bare hands. 
So my question for you is, when the government has prevented, has, has stood by while well, your children are being murdered and prevented you from helping them, should you still have to pay taxes? Well, I mean, you don't have much choice. I mean, it's a... Uh, but it's should a- you have to? I'm not saying... Will the state do violence against you if they if you don't? I'm saying, should they? Is there a do they have a moral right to brutalize these people for not paying taxes now that they have prevented them from saving their own children's lives? Well, you should pay taxes, you know, even even if they make a lot of mistakes. Uh-huh. If, if one of the parents got killed, that would have been a bigger liability. No, no, Sarah, oh, no, it would there's not. There's no liability for the police. That's if the whole somebody point. Gets killed. If you actually but, listen to the show, Sarah, then you would know that was the that was the overarching message of the show tonight is that the police have no liability. They will use that excuse, but it's not actually true. Of course, you know the police yeah. are allowed to lie to you, so yeah. of course they'll lie to you. So, so basically, the the police don't have to provide you with a service you don't have to want their service but yet you still have to pay for their service so i'm trying to understand the moral justification for forcing somebody to pay for a service they don't want and didn't receive you'll never get it you'll never get a moral justification for that i think sarah's answer though the first answer was the was closer or the most honest answer compared to the cop that uh, that called in earlier where she what did she say like well you pretty much have to or something like that the first yeah the first answer that's yeah. that's pretty honest right like yeah she understands you've got to they're gonna hurt you if you don't pay because it's a criminal enterprise and i realize some of them believe they're good people and do try to actually help people there are some cops who will actually try to help somebody in, in need they do exist but they're just not obligated to. And if those parents had gone into that school and one of them had gotten shot or two of them had gotten shot, they would not have been able to sue the cops for, for anything. The cops have no yeah. liability. But they would have been happier than they would have with their children dead. Yeah. We'll see you tomorrow.